Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. If you have your Bibles, I would like to look at a verse of Scripture. So God, I was praying, God, what do you want for the next Bible study? And the Lord laid something on our heart. I want to do a Bible study on uncommon gifts. So it's Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Uncommon gifts. This policeman came to this person's door and knocked on it. They opened the door up, and the policeman said, I need to ask you a few questions. And the person said, okay. And he said, well, do the initials XM mean anything to you? They said, no. Well, how about the initials RG? And they said, no. Okay, well, how about the initials TB? No, said, um, is there something I'm being in, accused of? I don't know if I should answer any more questions. And they said, the police said, no, 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 it's, it's really nothing. It's just an initial investigation. But I'd like to preach or, or, or teach on... <laughs> well, I got one more. What is greater than God? It's a riddle, okay? This is a riddle. What is greater than God, more evil than the devil? The rich need it. And if you eat it long enough, eventually you will die. My wife already knows, but does anyone else know the answer to that riddle? What is greater than God, more evil than the devil? The rich need it, and if you eat it for long enough, eventually you will die. No one's going to take a stab? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. The answer is nothing. And that's what I'd like to speak about this evening is the gift of nothing. It's an uncommon gift from God. And so let's look at the verse of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Nothing is not a gift, preacher. Be careful. That word means to be anxious, to have anxiety, to worry, to fret. The Bible says be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You see... Jesus is a gift giver. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So that we know that for God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. So God is a giver. We've established he's a giver. He's a gift giver. But we can also establish that sometimes the things that God gives they're sometimes not initially perceived as something that's good. So, say preacher, well, something is better than, than nothing at all. 
Not always. You know how someone says, thanks for nothing, because they get discouraged. But really, the topic of this Bible study is to realize that we'd like to share some things about this verse description in the Word of God, that nothing is actually something to be thankful for. Ever taken a COVID test? You don't want to see that little line. You want to see nothing, right? You want to see that zibbo, right? Or if you take a pregnancy test, you don't want the change, the color. You just want nothing. Well, and some, something's not always good. You want to catch something. That's especially prominent with COVID. You want, who wants to step in something? I'd rather have nothing. When you check your shoes, you're like, woohoo, nothing, right? So my daughter did, right? We were going to the school and someone left a, a nice bank deposit right there in the front lawn and the, the shoe tread was right in. I'm like, oh, honey, stop. And so she looked and uh, I don't know, maybe it was just soft enough, but there was no pickup. We got some bleach on the bottom of the shoes anyway. But who wants to get pulled over for something? No, I'd rather get nothing. Just checking. Thank you, officer. Someone said, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. And, and really, that's something we need to recognize, that God is always up to something. And when seemingly we're down to nothing, we need to take the gift of nothing as a gift from God. What gift? To be worried about nothing. Nothing. The Bible said he stretcheth forth in the book of Job, chapter 26 and verse 7. He stretcheth out the north over the empty place. And hangeth the earth upon nothing. Atlas doesn't really hold up the earth, okay? That's what the, there's a fable or a myth that this guy's punishment was to hold the earth up. But nothing is something. Nothing is valuable. And you can have nothing. It's a gift from God. Can you imagine going through the day worried about nothing? So preacher, but it's because you have so much money. Uh, yes. Like someone said, don't let the car fool you. My treasure is in heaven, right? But the, the Bible does declare that my God shall supply all your needs, right? We have needs. How is he going to supply them? According to your 401k in New York? No, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he didn't say that he was going to do that if we didn't need anything. He said he was going to do that to supply our need. So if you get a place of nothing, you're like, wow, God, it's time for you to slay one of those cattle on a thousand hills and cook me up some barbecue, right? It's time for God to move. And that is the first thing. So the first thing we're going to look at is that we have nothing owed for our sin. Nothing owed for our sin. The Bible said in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, 13 and 14, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened or made alive. Together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. You know that when I went to visit my mom and dad in Wisconsin, I was driving their car. They have a couple of them. So 
Uh, they picked us up at the airport, and I was driving one of their cars. And you have to leave the airport, and you pay something, right, to park there, the little fee. And so I was, I said, Dad, I got money. I was pulling out the ones or whatever because it's usually like seven bucks or ten bucks, depending on how long you park there, right? And uh, so I went up to pay, and the guy looked out at me. He goes, "The guy in front of you." He 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 knew exactly what to pay because both cars came at the same time, right? But he paid, and what did I pay? Nothing, Dad. Thanks for nothing. See, there's going to come a time when we meet God. And we're going to stand before him and say, Preacher, what are you going to pay for? You're not going to pay for anything. The judgment happened at the cross. Jesus went ahead of us and paid for our sins. So the, 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 the thing that should make a Christian shout is, wait, there's a big debt payment coming to people. They might seem excited now for some toys and trinkets that they have down in this world. But brethren, there's a, there's a payment coming up. And Christians can say, I'm thankful that I, I owe nothing. I owe nothing. Jesus has wiped out my account. The Bible says that God, with Jesus, not only that, but with Christ, we're also missing nothing. You ever bought something in a yard sale? It's like a puzzle. You, you know that as you get close to finishing it, there's going to be some missing teeth in there, right? There's going to be like three pieces. Like, look under the table. Look behind the couch. No, there's some things missing. Or, you know, you buy a game or something like that and it doesn't have the spinner or the dice because you got it on sale at the thrift store, right? But when you get Jesus, the Bible says, For in him, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You don't lack anything. You lack nothing. And that's getting ahead of myself. The Bible said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You see that when Jesus Christ saves us, we can have our victory now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. Yes, there's going to be a perfection of your body, but you can have freedom from sin right now. And not only sin, but probably worse than than sin perhaps is that that guilt and that stain and that regret and all of those things when we are justified that word it's a legal term and it's it's kind of easy to remember if you just go along with it just as if i'd never sinned it doesn't mean that you're forgiven it means that you're exonerated as if you have, you have no criminal record. It's not like, well, now you're an ex-con. No, it's like you've never been to prison. It's like you're exonerated. You're clean of anything that you've been accused of. See, sin is something that takes our peace, that causes shame. What we need to have is nothing. And you know that God uses that too. Um, my daughter, I was talking to my daughter. And uh, we were talking about modesty and about, you know, uh, that boys don't touch girls, you know, in, a, in their chest and that uh, you shouldn't really be even touching boys in their chest just because, you know, that's their personal business. And I said, you know, that, uh, you know, you wear a shirt outside. And I said, but you know what? Daddy wears a shirt outside, too, because daddy's modest. And then I said, uh, uh, I, she goes... Ew, gross, you know, something like that. I said, well, 
you'll grow up and there's a lot of boys that, that won't wear shirts, okay? It's kind of hypocritical, but women have to wear a shirt, but boys are just like letting all the hair hang out, right? And she goes, I don't know how, she said, I, I, I said, honey, I used to do that when I was in the military. She goes like, before you were a Christian? I said, after I was a Christian, I went running a few times, I know, without my, my, my shirt on. I was in the military. And said, so a preacher, why? Well, just because that's what I used to do, and so I continued to do it until God. It was God. Because I didn't ask anyone's opinion. God began to deal with my heart. And you know what happened? That nothing and that having that peace, it kind of got shaky a little bit. And God removed it and made me feel uncomfortable and I didn't like that. I like to be careful or worry about nothing. But sometimes the problem's God, right? And so I'm like, well, okay. I tried to do it my way a few more times. and like, you know what? Maybe I should just do it the Holy Ghost is dealing with my heart. And brethren, it's the Holy Ghost. It's not just the preacher. Preacher can't tell you to do anything, right? But the Holy Ghost can remove that peace and then I'm starting to worry about stuff. What are you worried about? Well, I want to be worried about nothing. So I began to put my shirt on. And uh, I got mocked for it, I remember, in the Marine Corps. And it was a religious guy. He goes, you don't have to do that. And uh, uh, it's interesting. The sinners didn't mock me, but the religious guy mocked me. Why? Because the same God was probably dealing with his heart about other stuff. I mean, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I got him to come to church once. But anyway, so I've got nothing. The second thing, I've got nothing. So I, I want to be... Uh, I want to stay free from sin, and I want my account to be free. And that's, when, that's a good reason to not only allow, first of all, just allow God to forgive you. Just allow God to forgive you. Just whatever, whatever it was. And allow complete forgiveness, because God already knows what you did. But God will also forgive you for whatever you did. And it's called salvation. Salvation. But it's a gift of nothing that God gives us, and it's a great gift. The second thing, I've got nothing between me and God. Have you ever tried to pick two pieces of glass apart? If they're just like, they're like, like stuck together. There's nothing in between them. They're very, very difficult to separate. Or maybe something that's, you know, like on the ground, if it's like a little piece of like, you know, uh, even a coin, sometimes it's hard to get. If there's nothing that's there between the surfaces that, that is separating it. Well, if we have nothing between us and God, You know, when, when, when couples have something between them, you know what they start doing? Nothing, right? They stop talking, right? But when there's nothing between us and God, there's a constant communication. The Bible says, don't worry about anything, but in everything. So you're always communicating by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. When you have a good relationship, you're talking, you're joking, you're having a good time. Brethren, it should be the same thing with us and God. When there's nothing between us and God, let's talk. And, uh, you know, that's my daughter. She just likes to talk. And my job is listen. And I found that out. Not solve the problem. Because men, we like to be like, oh, there's a problem. Let me do this, this. Like, I've talked to my wife. And she goes, no, I just want you to listen to me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is what you do. That's not what they want to do. They just want you to listen. You know, have you ever talked to God? And you really just want God to listen. God, just listen to me. Just listen to my prayers. A lot of Psalms, you read that David's just pouring his heart out to God. And you know that sometimes people just want us to listen. And uh, that's what we can do with God and, you know, with each other, too. And there's nothing between someone that the communication line is open. So 
Uh, but when there's nothing between us, the Bible says in the very next verse in Philippians, and the peace of God, the peace of God. So brethren, that's one reason to have your sins forgiven and to keep your sins forgiven. Because there's a peace when you walk with God. There is a peace. When your car doesn't start, when the food burns, you know, when the dog poops and all these other things, there's a peace of God. It's just a peace of God. And it passes all understanding, right? Because you should be flipping out, but there's a peace that's deeper than the surface level. Shall keep, it says, which passeth all understanding shall keep or guard your mind, your hearts and minds through what? Christ Jesus. There's a verse of scripture in, in Psalms 119 and verse 165. I used to heard, I've heard it said, and I'm not trying to negate what you might have heard, but let me just try to broadly give it a, a broader definition of it. It said, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Have you ever heard that verse of scripture? Okay, well, it's a really good verse of scripture. You know what I used to think it meant? That if you love God's law, nothing offends you. You know, and I was like, huh, okay, if you really love God, nothing offends you. Well, no, it's not really what it means, okay? But it kind of does, but so what it means here, it says, great peace have they which love thy law. Let's look at another, there's a Wycliffe Bible, uh, translation of the same verse much peace is to them that love thy law and no cause of stumbling is to them that means they're not going to sin and give up that peace that gives a different kind of reflection on it doesn't it and then in, in quotes or in in parentheses the Wycliffe Bible translation says there is so much peace for those who love thy law and they have no reason to slip or to stumble. Because if I cause myself to offend against God's law, what happens? My peace goes away. Brother, this will really happen. And you'll have something rather than nothing. I love going to bed at night with peace. I like going to bed tired, right? I like to go to bed really tired because then you sleep, right? I don't like to sit there. Hey, look, there's the ceiling. I don't like that. I don't like to worry about tomorrow. I like to go to bed and like go, oh, Get my daughter to give me a hug and a kiss and just be like, boom, just like be out. I love that. But the peace of God is an amplifier to our peace. I think Reverend Keckle had said something about it. I'm so worried about it, I just went to bed. You know, so he just basically, and he's deal, he deals with a lot of things, a lot of crises, right? But the peace of God is greater than all of our crises if we have the peace of God in our heart. Now, you won't be offended overly at someone else because the peace of God is not going to get you to get mad at someone because you're going to want to keep that peace. But the greater definition is that we're not going to offend God because we want to keep that great peace in our heart. There's a verse of scripture, one of my favorite, I say, verses of scripture. It's Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. And it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. It's translated shalom, shalom. One after the other, right? Peace, peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. When you repeat a word, so when I lived in Zambia, if you wanted something done later, you just say, do it now. And it would just be done sometime, right? But if you wanted it done right then, you would say, I want it done now, now. And it meant 
Right now, because you repeated the word. And now when God keeps you in peace, peace, there is a perfection. It's a deeper peace than a surface peace when my car is running and I have piles of money and piles of food and piles of everything. No, there is a perfect peace that's deeper than that. That is in Jesus Christ. Because, listen, our mind is stayed on God and we choose to have faith in him. That God's going to work everything together for the good. Amen. Paul said, and herein do I exercise myself, Acts chapter 24 and verse 16, to have always a conscience void of offense towards God. He knew about this perfect peace. He knew about having no offense. He wanted that peace of God. And he said, and toward men. You know, if you love God, love people. Isn't that a Danny Gokey song? Love God, love people. Acts chapter 24 and verse 16, he said he exercises himself. And you know what? If you exercise different ways, that's okay. But exercise yourself. Godliness is profitable in all things. Bodily exercise profits what? Profits a little. I mean, yeah, it's good for you in its, in its right place. But I don't want to get too, you know, it's like this person said, our company does not need like a company exercise regimen. There's too many people, you know, carrying grudges and, you know, spouting off at the mouth and backstabbing people, you know. But there's people that bodily exercise is good to a degree. But the Bible says that God's power is even greater. We need to trust God and give, let him give us the gift of nothing. Sometimes God lets us have nothing so that he can work his power through us. There's a man named Samson and uh, the Bible said that the spirit of God came upon him and it said in the book of Judges chapter 14, this lion roared against him and it said the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him. He didn't buy him, he just rented him. Like Aaron's Reynolds, this was Lion's Reynolds. No, it means he tore him in pieces. That's what it meant, okay? And it said, as he would have rent a kid. Now, this isn't like a child, but it's like a baby goat, okay? That's what it's talking about. Like, like you'd pull apart a, like a baby animal, okay? Not a child, okay? And the Bible said, and he had nothing in his hand. Well, you mean nothing. What did he have? He had the gift of nothing. He had the power of the Holy Spirit where he didn't need all of those things. God was his sufficiency. Now, there's a, there's a, a message in all of it because my wife and I, we've gone through things even recently. And maybe this is why I'm teaching you this, but there sometimes can be a lack of one thing, but God makes it up somewhere else. Yes. There is no lack with, when it comes to God. And... Uh, I, I have a, a, a heading here. It says God's prosperity. You know, when the children of Israel went through the desert, you know, they were there not for 40 days or 40 months. 40 years. Years going through the desert. Well, if a place is deserted, right, there's nothing there, right? It doesn't mean that you get dessert from them. Ooh, it's a, desert, it's a desert place. It's like 
can I get a large ice cream and some cookies? No. That means there's nothing there. It's just like, why? there's no 7-Eleven, no Starbucks, there's nothing. And you've got these, these Israelites around there. They're not really wandering. They're being led by the Spirit, actually, if you, if you look at it. They were led by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. So God actually led them. But for 40 years, they were there. There, were no, there was nothing there except what God provided. Now, notice what Moses said. At the end of it all, he said... He said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and he said in verse 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, the desert, to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart and whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only. He gave him a gift of nothing to say, I have a greater lesson, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And then he proceeded to remind them, thy raiment, which means thy clothing, you didn't buy it in, at the night market in Hong Kong, all right? You know, I used to buy clothes in Hong Kong. They were cheap. They were shirts. And they would literally like fall apart because, I mean, just like shred. I think Brother Brooks said he bought a jacket, a leather jacket in Korea, and the arm fell off. He's like, you know. But 40 years, it said, thy raiment wax not old upon thee. And as they were growing, it wasn't like, you know, a girl had a long skirt and then a mini skirt because she grew. I mean, I don't know how that worked. But this, these clothes, this clothing, the Bible says, lasted for 40 years years and it said neither did thy foot swell these 40 years they were walking but god kept their health and god kept their clothes also in deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7 it said for the lord thy god hath blessed thee in all through the works of thy hand he knoweth thy walking through the great wilderness this great wilderness these 40 years the lord thy god hath been with thee thou hast lacked nothing you see, sometimes when God brings us to a place where it seems like there's nothing there, maybe it's a gift that God's going to meet the needs that we can't meet with our resources. There was a man named Steve Carter. He said this, and I, I thought it was so good. I wrote it down. He said, if you can't do the desert well, you will never do the promised land well. God, we've got to do that times of nothing and say, wait a second, God, you have a plan it's the gift of nothing, and I'm going to receive that gift from God. It's an uncommon gift, but it is a gift. So when Jesus sent uh, his disciples to preach the kingdom of God, he said in Luke chapter 9, uh, just do that. Heal, heal the sick, preach the kingdom of God. And he said to them, take nothing. Nothing. Take nothing for your journey. Neither staves nor scrip, which means a scrip. Do you remember? It's like scrap. That's what you put your foods in, food in. So it's like a, a pouch for food, right? You're, don't take your lunchbox. That's a script. It's a, a pouch of food. Neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And then he, he asked them later in Luke chapter 22, he said, and he said unto them, when I sent you without a purse, that's your money, and scrip and shoes, lacked ye anything? And you know what they said? Nothing. They had all their needs met. They took nothing except God 
and his word. Brethren, all of these things that we enjoy, they're given to us. God is a giver. God can take care of us. But the most important thing that we take is our trust in Jesus Christ. That is why we can be worried about nothing. And then the third thing, and I got two minutes, and it's really the scripture. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. Say, well, how can you say that? Look at the world that we're in. Yes, look at the world we're in, but look at the God that we serve. He said in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 17, all nations before him are as nothing. And they are counted to him, can this be possible, less than nothing and vanity, which means they're a show. And he was talking about these great nations of Babylon and all these, and there are some huge conquering places. But before God, God is like, that's nothing. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, there is no fear in love. There's nothing. It's just not there. But perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. It torments you, right? It's what bullies do. Bullies psychologically torment people. That's what bullies are. They're not necessarily fighters. They're, just, they're psychologically tormenting people, causing them to worry and fret. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I shared this about a bully that I had, and long story short, I broke up a fight. He didn't like it because um, the kid was getting beat down. I, I didn't even really know the people, but I broke up the fight of the kid getting beat down, and he was one of the watchers, right? But he was like a big guy. And he accosted me after school and said, hey, you know, basically threatened me in different things, didn't like that I broke the fight up. And I looked at him, and I'm a little guy. I still was a little, I was a littler guy then. <laughs> And I looked at him, probably looked up at him, and I said, um, how old are you? Are you 18? And he said, yes. I said, go ahead and hit me. So you're going to just go to jail because you're an adult. And guess what? He didn't hit me. I don't know if I'd put my chin up because that would have been dumb. Because there's, <laughs> there's limits, right? Because he might have just been like, right? But he didn't hit me. But you know what? I, was, I wasn't going to let him psychologically dominate me. And he can threaten me if you want to, but I was just telling him, I'm not afraid of you. And that was before I was a Christian, okay? But with Christ, we really have someone to lean on. We don't have to worry about it. Why? Because who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then the Bible says in Romans 8, all these different things. And then it said, for I'm persuaded, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said, lo, I'm with you. I'm with thee even unto the end of the world. God said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. So what are you going to do with that? I'm going to say, God, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. I'm not going to worry about it. So what about this? What about bills? There'll be more next month. They might even be bigger. Say, well, preacher, what are you saying? Well, I, I remember when my daughter, I was paid for her twice. She's so good when she was born. I paid for her twice. Long story, but I'm not going to go there. But I said, if she costs a million dollars, just put me on a payment plan. She's worth it. How are you going to pay it? I have no idea. I didn't know how I was going to pay the $10,000. But you know what? I'm just going to trust in God. And you know what? It was out of my hands, out of my control. But I just had, instead of throwing up your hands and worry or defeat and surrender, why don't you throw up your hands and just worship God and say, God, I can be careful for nothing, and I choose instead to in everything where I could worry, I choose to pray, and I choose to be thankful to believe God. 
and let that thankfulness and that gift where I say, God, I'm appreciative of this situation because you're going to work it together for the good. And I'm just going to allow it to give peace to my heart and enjoy the peace that God gives you and is available 24 hours a day when we receive that gift. An uncommon gift, but the gift of nothing. Father, I've preached your word, I've spoken your word, maybe a little bit of preaching in there. But God, I pray that this evening that we would recognize this uncommon gift, the gift of nothing, and really before the Lord, even if there are times where it seems like things aren't coming together, that God, we can be careful or worried or anxious about nothing. And it's because that Jesus gave us the nothing that we owe to God. There's nothing between us and God, so we don't have to worry. We can worry about nothing because of the gift of nothing. Amen. God bless you as our prayer.